The nominees for Best Picture of the Year are... And the Oscar goes to... Hello, everyone. Bye. Every time. (laughs) Don't raise your arms. You put your fists in the air like you've won something. (laughs) I was pretending to jerk. You you had to hold the mug there for ages while I gathered myself before starting as Safe. Mm. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to And the Oscar Goes To, a podcast in which we look at uh, Best Picture nominees from years past. Films we love and why we love them. Sure. (laughs) Is that the tagline for another podcast? (laughs) I don't know what podcast either. Uh, no, I think that's the. I think if you replace the word films with games, that's what new players. Uh, okay. The, pe- the oh, games yeah, people love good. and why they love them. Yeah. Yeah. Should we start again? Yeah. Cool. Hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to I'm the Oscar Goes To <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> Best picture nominees. <laughs> it's fine. I'll keep it in. Hmm? I'll just keep it in. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we're this first mini series is uh, about the films released in 1994, the 1995 Oscars, 1995 Oscars, the 67th Academy Awards, and we are at the end of this series. I actually have someone here with me, and I've not introduced them. It's my ever faithful co-host. Hello. He's got a lot of nerve to call himself my friend. It's Joel Abraham. I don't know that. What's that? It's Dylan. You got a lot of nerve. nerve to call yourself my friend. <laughs> yeah, when you when I was down, you just stood there grinning. I did, yeah. You got a lot of nerve. Hi, everyone. Do you want to do the whole song? No, I don't think nerve. I know the whole song. Which one's that? Positively 4th Street. Yeah, it's not, on, it's not do, one of my... Do, 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 do. You got a lot of nerve to say you've got a helping hand to lend. You just want to be on the side that's winning. So I think it describes you pretty perfectly. Bob Dylan uh, and his songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we are finally at the best picture winner this is the winner in yeah. 1995 the academy award for best picture of the year was awarded to forrest gump forrest, a comedy forrest drama gump. film based on the 1986 novel of the same name by one winston groom uh directed by robert zemeckis and starring tom hanks and robin wright yeah now this is a film isn't it yeah it exists yeah, yeah it's a film that exists in a lot of people's minds. Yeah, one of the best pictures. is the best picture of the year. Yeah. Popular. We're here. I'd say. Good film. Bad film. Good film. Garbage. Garbage? You're ready. <laughs> it's bad. You think it's, it's really, garbage? It's really bad. It sucks. Wow. I didn't think I knew you didn't like it. I didn't think you thought it was garbage. That sucks. Well, okay. Good film. I there think it like, probably is sixty percent of a bad film. And... It's like well made. It works. Okay, but the fact that it works is mental. So this is a film about a guy with an IQ of 70 mm-hmm. uh, who is just the most capable man on the planet. Yeah. And I think it works. And I think that is incredible. But I know I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it works in like a, I enjoy it or it pays off in any kind of decent way. I think it works on a pure like nuts and bolts level. Like, but even that that's... it moves, uh, it moves through the scenes properly. It's shot. Well, it looks nice. Tom Hanks is good in it. Yeah. I think that the fact that it is a cohesive film is with a character that sort of makes sense. Yeah. Is mental. So when did you first see this film? I probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, I guess. Yeah. I haven't seen it for maybe nine, 10 years. Yeah. Uh, You've seen it multiple times then? Probably this is my third time. This is one that you're sort of thinking every now and again, you've got to get on the gump. Probably every now, every 10 years. Every 10 years. Yeah. You know, you feel I'll, like you need to get on the gump. Yeah. When you're, when you're lacking in gumption. You feel like you want to 
We can just cut that to 70. What is it? Is it Wednesdays? Is it your gump day? <laughs> Wednesday's my gump day. And I put on just the scene where he blows his load really early after grabbing Robin Wright's breast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Good scene. Mm. <laughs> Don't like that. I've written that down in my no category. Have you got yeses and noes? Uh, I've just got mostly noes. <laughs> I've got a list of noes. <laughs> the noes to the right? Yep. How many are there? What about the eyes to the left? It's actually eyes to the right, isn't it? I think. So I haven't really got a list of eyes. Is there more? Uh, there, is there more nose than eyes? There's just there's just nose. So the nose have it. The nose absolutely the nose have, have it. it. Yeah, but there's there's Damn it. two scenes. This is the first time we've properly disagreed on a film, and I didn't yell division. Let's go back. Division. You like it? You, yeah, yeah, good film. I don't like it. Yeah. Division. <laughs> Clear the lobby. No, like the speaker in the House of Commons. Oh, I don't watch the House of Commons. It's absolutely worth it with John Burko as speaker. Is it? Yep. Yeah. He yells division at the top of his lungs when there's division. And oh, it's amazing. I like seeing someone who clearly loves their job so much that they just... Does he love his job or does he just love shouting at people? I think he just loves shouting division, yeah. clear the lobby. So you've got... Order! So Order! <laughs> Order! He's so funny. But yeah. So you think the nose have got it, but you still say you like it. So you like, what you're saying is you like this film in spite of all its problems. I think when the film finishes. Which you think are many. I think it's a bad film. And like two days later, I'm like, yeah, that's a good film. I like that. Okay. But so I think, I don't enjoy, I don't think I enjoy the film that much. No, I think I tapped out. Well, I didn't tap out. I did watch the whole thing. Yeah. But I pretty much had tapped out after probably 35 minutes. So that's what, when he's. Wasn't into it. In playing football, college football. What the fuck was that? He just runs, and then he j- and then they just go, mm-hmm, him. Yeah. He runs real quick. He doesn't even seem to run that fast, though. I, I get that the idea is that he's running fast. His blockers must be fantastic, because he does also just run in a straight line. Yeah, and then he stops and goes, and then goes <laughs> laterally an angle, straight, yeah. and then... But he gets the touchdown, so I don't know what your problem is. It just is. feels so long. Yeah, but it's what, two hours, 25 minutes? You yeah. texted me saying we could have watched Shawshank three times in the space it took to watch that film. Yeah, we so we kind of complained when, on the Shawshank episode about Shawshank feeling a bit too long. Yeah. I would have happily watched Shawshank twice. No, not for me. I, I, I consider, Shawshank is a better film than this. So what with scheduling things that we've had, it's been, ended up being quite a while since I watched the film, yeah. recording now, because we just had to keep putting it off. I thought about watching it again in the past few days, just so I was kind of fresh on it. And then I realized I'd rather just look at the TV off for two hours and 25 minutes <laughs> than put Forrest Gump on. So what's your problem with Forrest Gump? Then? I think it just, it's like overly saccharine. It's way too, like yeah. everything's way too convenient. It doesn't. But it's not, a, it's a fairy tale. It's a fable. I also think that it, it has some fucked up moral values that it's trying to push. It's trying to push? It's like a conservative's wet dream. It's like, Hey, just do everything you're told all of the time and everything will go right. Don't ever question culture. Don't ever like take part in counterculture. Don't ever question authority. You will become, you'll get given like the medal of honor. Okay. I don't think, it's not saying you will be given the, like it's clearly a fairy tale. And then, but then you, no, I I think it is though. You go to Cinderella and go, everybody just says, do this. He does exactly what he's told and it goes completely perfectly well. You look at the only other character, the only other like, properly fleshed out character is jenny yeah and she is doesn't do what she's told she takes part in the counterculture i think robert zemeckis thinks hippies are just a complete fucking 
blight on society because he just seems to see them all as just like he portrayed like the Black Panthers are portrayed in a like are they though? I f- like you kind of drop in on a Black Panther party, you see I think okay, broadly, not a Black Panther, but you see another counterculture hippie beat his girlfriend. Yeah, he's like a and the then worst Forrest dude. Gump says sorry for crushing your Black Panther party. Yeah, like as though he's just sort of like oh, like sorry I sort of like ruined your Star Wars. But I think party. Jenny is broadly seen as she's a good person right jenny no she's a fucking bitch i th- but i think she's portrayed as she's supposed she's to be awful, a very she's good person awful though yeah she's, yeah she's she does. like a, she's a horrible horrible person okay but she was clearly abused as a child like, i think that's it's must be one of the first portrayals someone abuses a child and saying look at how this can yes mess up i do life. agree with every that. decision i she do makes i do agree that and i also like that they don't really dwell on the abuse yes. itself they kind of hint at it and then you see the ramifications of it yeah post but i do just sort of think that because she gets so involved in the counterculture of that time and the hippie movement and everything yeah she is kind of the only emblem for that that we have and then it kind of feels like they're all just terrible people with loose morals who are making up for some childhood trauma that then that they just i can see i don't think it's a cons- i don't think it's quite a conservative as a wet dream and then she just ends up just getting aids and dying is it AIDS necessarily? Yeah, I think it's maybe. And I then she probably it's... gives him AIDS. I. <laughs> she absolutely shouldn't have sex with. It. Like, okay, Jenny is terrible, like terrible, as a person. She kind of like fucks off. She's also clearly the nicest person to fuck, apart from Bubba. Yeah, but she, like she fucks off when yeah. it's com- whatever, and then when it kind of just is helpful for her, she comes back, decides to marry him. She hides the fact that he's got a son for from him for what five six years or whatever yeah which is a shitty thing to do yeah when she kind of just when it suits her she comes settles down probably gives him aids <laughs> she's okay before this when she gets when she conceives the kid she okay. sleeps with him she fucks and then off yeah that's the worst the thing that's the worst thing anyone's ever done like he's... bearing in mind this is a person who is like his mental development is been stifled like yeah stu- stinted stinted stunted like i Stifled? stifled that's i think that's any of the above I think. yeah yeah he's got like a clearly stunt stunted <laughs> jesus christ clearly stunted mental development yeah. he is going to like form just he's going to be just obsessed with that person for like he, he isn't somebody that can understand or cope with casual sex in that way but she just sleeps with him and leaves yeah i don't think it's casual sex he's also he's no it's not but have sleeping with somebody once and then leaving immediately after does kind of there's no and the plot does not the film doesn't do anything to explain why she does that like also why is it she does why is it she leaves he's essentially got the mind of a child like he essentially stops developing as when you know like he doesn't go much beyond the mental capacity of a child uh, so it's I don't know if that's creepy that she has sex with him in the first place i don't know if that's entirely like he is i think in some ways this is what the, my main problem with the film is that sometimes he's clearly not a complete idiot like he is a very capable person i think in the book i've not read the book but I, right. my understanding is in the book he's more like a savant you know more like a like, so he's okay. really good i think he ends up getting like a first class physics degree or something so oh. maybe he's more presented as being on the spectrum or something as opposed to just, just like a, an iq of 70 complete idiot yeah but then sometimes he's clearly a very clever person in certain situations yeah they're very good at ping pong He's very good at very good at ping pong. 
So I've only got I've got the list of uh, sections. I wonder if you like any of this because it's split into like it's quite vignette. Yeah, yeah. Uh, forest section of his life. So there's a childhood where it's not played by Forest. Um, I actually think that's okay. I don't like the whole his mum sleeping with the principal thing. No, I think that is one of. I don't the... think this film does a lot for women at all. I mean, there's two major female characters. They are Jenny, who, as we've discussed, is terrible, and his mum, who is not terrible. She seems quite nice, yeah. but she does have to sleep with the principal in order to get her. No kid. point in that. Not yeah. just to not just to like give him an unbelievable first rate degree or anything. To get him into just to get him into yeah. regular school. Yeah, and then the only other two female characters of note are two prostitutes who laugh at a disabled man when he falls on the floor. That's fair. And I, I, not, yeah, not great. I think the, the women are portrayed badly, but yeah. I think I was worried. I thought this film was going to be problematic. And I thought it was going to be because Gump was portrayed in like a, I thought it was going to be poking fun at uh, people with mental development. I don't think it does poke fun. I think it's a bit problematic. I think Hanks' performance is a bit problematic. Well, I also think it's very good. I think he res- I think he genuinely respects Gump when he's playing him. Yeah, and I, I think that from a pure acting standpoint, it is consistent. Yeah, and he's in that role because Tom Hanks is a pro and he's just a naturally good actor. Yeah, but I think the role as written is a little bit broad. Yeah, agreed. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's a fairy tale. It's not a this character. There's no way this character could exist in real life. Mm-hmm. One point he runs for three years straight. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And he's yes. the best ping pong player slash football player slash soldier slash yeah stupid shrimp boat captain that yes. has ever existed. It's stupid. Yeah, but it's a fairy tale. Yeah, but it's a stupid one. You're making good valid points. <laughs> I, I I can't counter them. No. Okay. The next after his childhood, he goes. I do. Okay. I do like the bit when his braces come off. That's a good. Nice his thing. leg. Yeah. Things and he starts running. They come off and then he just like that's like in the ages then. Yeah, and just the, it's a good transition, mm. and the kind of the cinematic language of him breaking free of his yeah. physical restraints and stuff like that. I do like that. So in that is uh, he does meet Elvis Presley while he's a child. Yes, I do have a bit of a problem with that. Yeah, because Elvis notoriously Elvis Presley took elements of black culture and mm. kind of repurposed them in order to make massive success in a white. Like a very predominantly white culture. Yeah. And then also generally received a lot more acclaim, fame, and fortune than the black artists that he cribbed from. Yeah. Something that's been levied against lots of people in the past. Eminem is maybe one of the biggest recent examples of that where people sort of called him a, you know, a new Elvis Presley because he took. He called himself a new Elvis Presley. He did, but I think probably people, critics were calling him that. Yeah. Before. And he kind of and just Moby. responded to it. Yeah. He had a go at Moby. Yeah. Um, but so that I, I think that is like notoriously what Elvis Presley did. Yeah. What this film does is goes, no, no, no. It was actually just like white kid, just a little white kid. Yeah. That I, I just feel like, okay, I get the premise. I get the premise of going over all these things in history and having these kind of little kitschy I don't arch like, I don't explanations like yes. for how they all came. Cause like when it's, but there's quite a few of those. And they are all kitschy and arch and annoying. There's Watergate when he sees it, there's some people. But that's like the whole film. That's why I don't like the film. That's the whole film is him just. It's not, it's just little creating bits. It's all little of spice the, thrown in that he, I don't know. Like. He just creates the entirety of American culture. Um, but I think that if you're going to do that, you don't necessarily have to pick something which is tied yes, so yeah, heavily in terms of uh, black influence on 
what was the predominant culture of the time and then just repurposing that and giving it, you know, like you can, there's so many things he could have overwritten if he wanted to insert Forrest yes. Gump into history. Yeah. Why did he have to do it with that? I agree. Yeah. I don't think, it, I think now it wouldn't be done personally. But. No. Could you see this film be made now, do you think? No. It's what happens, what, what is the version of this film that gets made now? Okay. So here's my, here's, here's the other problem with this film that I have. Well, not like yeah. an actual problem with the film, but I don't know why you'd ever watch this film because you could just watch Big Fish instead. I've not seen Big Fish. Big Fish is great. It's sweet and nice. And it's just, it's similar. Mm. It has, I mean, it has a, a slightly different approach to it because it is told through um, the lens of them being stories. So like the little vignette bits okay. are stories. So the present day is Billy Crudup and his dad is Albert Finney and his dad's like dying. And then he goes over the stories that Albert Finney told um to his son when they were growing up. I thought, you, I thought it was Ewan McGregor. So Ewan McGregor plays the Albert Finney role in the story versions. Uh, okay. So he, like Albert Finney's the old man. And then the point being, he, he, he always talk, he tells tall tales, you know, he's like a, right. but people like him because he entertains people. He tells good stories at weddings and stuff mm. like that. But Billy Crudup has this thing of like, nothing you ever told me was true. You told me all these fabrications. And then the film is the, the story versions, like Albert Finney's stories. Yeah. With Ewan McGregor as the main role. Right. And you could kind of go through his whole life. Um, so they are a little bit more openly fantastical because you already have that coloring of it. Oh, this is actually kind of a bedtime yeah. story. Um, but it's genu- It's a genuinely touching film, but it works in the same kind of way of these sort of unlikely and crazy stories that all happen to this one person. And right. his life just goes through these real crazy escapades. And I just think it works better. Whereas this, I just find like, I don't think this film. Pulls I just thought it was such it a slog. Like it just felt so long. I think there's an hour in the middle that is rough, but I think the last, for me, the last 10 minutes are genuinely touching and well played by Hanks. And I think that yes. makes it for me. So the bit when he, we're jumping right to the end, the bit when he okay. finds his son, when he goes and sees Jenny, which is Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. Um, when he sees him sitting and watching TV and he says the line about like, is he smart or yeah. like, is he like me? And then he just, like, he doesn't even say that. He, just, he, says, he kind of insinuates or, or is he kind of like me? That is really touching. Genuine. And you just, um, this guy knows exactly what his life, everything that's happened to him. He understands. Yeah. But, and I think a lot of that is just Hank's performance coming yeah, oh, shining through so yeah. brightly. And it's, it's a really, really nice moment. And that, even after sitting for a couple hours at that point, yes. not really enjoying much of the film, it, that did still hit me emotionally. So it's not to say that this film can't do anything right. Like, I don't think it's a disaster um, in the sense that... You I did say, call it garbage like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I maybe maybe being a little bit, maybe exaggerating a bit just because of its incredible reputation, but I really don't see why it's so popular. I think, I don't know how popular it is at the moment. I think this film has... Fallen in the estimation. Yeah, absolutely. I think it won the best picture over Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And no one thought it should have done. It just, and I think Pulp Fiction being underserved in the Maybe, Oscars but I think, had a bit of a I think that maybe depends on what circles you're looking at or where you're getting your information. Yeah, like I guess If you so. hit up film Twitter or Letterboxd or film blogs or something yeah. like that, then that is probably going to be the overriding reaction yes. right but if you just go out on the street and just talk to like film goers as it were yeah and you mentioned the name forrest gump i think the reaction is oh yeah fantastic great film 
the best. I th- I think I'm I'm chump- I'm only chumping this film because you don't like it, and I've got I have I enjoyed it. I think this is worse than Shawshank Redemption. So you don't you wouldn't say that you are all in on this film? No, just, absolutely. Just, I don't like it. probably a majority of this film. Yeah. I don't think it pulls together that well as a film. But the last twenty minutes are enough for me to come away two days later and think actually yeah I like that film. It's a good film. Yeah. Uh, so I think for me I just I find it such a slog to get through. It just felt yeah. so long and everything that's supposed to be a payoff or something it just felt so kitschy to me i was just like oh come on like when he see like like you say you see he looks out his window and he's like then he picks up the phone to the security guard and says oh there's some people poking around yeah, and you immediately go oh it's fucking Watergate." yeah there? and there's bits that tell you what, the worst scene in the film i think apart from maybe him blowing his load um into the blanket awful <laughs> yeah and again if you take it at face value of him being someone with stunted mental development, yeah. creepy and weird, yeah. like not just not okay. And I think that is one instance. And I agree with you mostly that the film does manage to avoid openly like poking yes, fun. But yeah. I think that, that yeah, scene feels like poking yeah. fun at someone like, Oh, what a fucking, you know, underdeveloped weirdo. Yeah. Weirdo. He can't even be around a woman, Yeah, you know, like, and, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't like it. Yeah. Agreed. I th- I think my view on on Forrest Gump is that he is in the film he's a, like a superhero basically he's got this like and he meets Bubba Gump who is a, basically the same has the same superpower like they're both just very charming uh very lucky people but I don't know if they come across as they're not portrayed as mentally undeveloped I think the film does some things that uh, hints towards that, and I don't like that. But if you just think of them as fairy tale characters, mm-hmm. I think you can change how you view this film by doing that. Maybe I mean I guess, but the problem I is, think this you said like you out loud. It was a mistake because that makes it yes, a, definitely a child who has mental development. I think, problems. but the biggest issue I have with it is I don't. In- joy at moment to moment like i find all of the little thing the little setups and payoffs i find them annoying yeah i, more I, I, than think I, find I agree them with most of them yeah clever or cute or anything yeah. um and i hate jenny i hate the way jenny behaves and yeah. so i can't see why he's I, I i get that like he is kind of a bit single track minded in that sense but I, he is a somewhat annoying character to me in terms of how how the plot functions around him you know it's just kind yeah of, but he is nice and he is innocent yes. and i think that he doesn't deserve to be in love with somebody like her like he is completely obsessed with jenny effectively and he is like just destined to always be in love with jenny yeah I th- and see, I, I think feel mostly sorry jenny, for him because, jenny would agree with you because i <laughs> but like, i don't think i think jenny I would rather like her and i i think that it's um so I don't, I don't know why he loves her, and I don't think she is deserving of his love. I agree, but I don't think Jenny thinks she is either. Maybe not. Which is why I think she runs. Not the last. The time she runs away after sleeping with him is ridiculous and shouldn't have happened. It's really bad. It does not. It's not explained away at all. No, she just leaves and then gets AIDS. But um, so I think the worst scene in this film is the John Lennon interview scene, which is possibly the worst example of that, like payoff. I hate I really hate yes that. I hate it I actually I think I groaned yeah out loud a lot yeah I was like oh for crying out because it's not because also it's they it's bad to begin with and they overdo it yeah by underlining it a couple times because yeah. this is something about like what 
no religion or mm. something is like yeah. the first thing and then he says something about no possessions and then i think parkinson says yeah imagine that you know it's just like line after line is building on and you're just like oh come on and john lennon's mouth is just seated they've just like obviously like so that effect hasn't held up that well has it it looks bad to be fair i think they did a pretty good job of matching the footage of like putting tanks in in terms of the like the texture of whatever um source footage they had yeah whether it because okay yeah so mostly it's like black and white but not all black and white looks the same and not all you know and i think he looks like he was actually on that broadcast but they tried to use cgi to remap the lips of the characters so so and it doesn't look like they're saying anything at all yeah yeah it just looks awful they do the same way. and they got voice actors to do impressions of the people right. and but i mean it's hard it's hard to come down too strongly on a no, film in 94 fault. yeah who because to be fair that was actually new and at the time i'm pretty sure was celebrated for its use of cg to create those effects some of the cgi just doesn't is great the now. ping pong ball looks yeah. fantastic and yeah. you wouldn't honestly you just, i don't think you'd know there was a cgi in yeah. you realized that tom hanks is probably isn't that good probably yeah uh so what about the so you don't like the college football bit? We can move no. through the uh, then it goes to, it goes straight to Vietnam because he's told to go to Vietnam. Yeah, I don't really like he any meets of Bubba. that to be honest. No, do you like how about uh, I can't remember his name, the uh, Lieutenant Dan. I don't know who plays him, George. Someone. I think the performance is okay. Yeah, um, I like Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, I think he is probably one of the stronger characters. I guess. Yeah. It's hard though. I think like if I was more into the film and behind the whole premise and Forrest Gump as a character, maybe some of these that I think are, oh no, I'm not bothered about it, might turn into okay. yeses, you know? Or maybe if they were the first one in the film, then I was still on board. But you know, you get to a point with the film where you're just like, I just don't, I'm just not into this. Right. And so everything, like, yeah, fine. He goes to fucking Vietnam. Sure. Yeah. I don't you know. Probably he Vietnam. saves loads of people. Of course he does. College football through to the shrimp bit. I don't like yeah, of course he fucking makes a huge step forward for the civil rights movement by handing someone a book. Of course he does. Whatever. And then it's from the book. You know, like the black students going into the thing, and then he comes out and like. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't mind that. Maybe I don't know. I, I sort of feel like it doesn't ring that true though either. Because no, like, it doesn't ring true. No. I guess okay. So I, I suppose you've got there's two kind of ways of looking at it. On the one hand, he grew up in a in the south in a place that was probably quite racially segregated. Yeah. He, I imagine he would have had influences around him that would have caused him to have racist views. Especially someone, as you say, would just do what he's told at every point. Exactly, and would just soak that up. So you'd imagine that if he, someone says to him, not in so many words, but effectively says to him, this type of person is worse yeah. than this type of person, he'd go, oh, okay, because he wouldn't really have any reason to yeah. question that. I suppose the other side of that argument is that he is so innocent and pure-minded um, that he sees no reason that they are different and so kind of represents, it almost shows up uh, segregation and racism for just how like ridiculous it yes. is because it is completely built in uh, almost a higher level of consciousness rather than a lower one because on the very basic level, that if you were going purely um, intuitively, there'd be no reason for racism to ever exist. Yes. And I suppose he is kind of representing that thing of, if you boil it down to its bare essentials and see the world the way he does or like a child does, why would we ever? But I still don't think it rings that true. I think it's more likely that he would just uh, um, fall in line with the kind of teaching of of his upbringing. Yeah, but his upbringing was his mother. 
Yeah, your, your mum's mum is lovely. Does seem to be quite nice. Sally Field was ten years older than Tom Hanks. Really? She filled this. Yeah, I like Sally Field. I think she's good, but she does. Yeah. I think at the point when she does look like the same age as Tom Hanks. Yeah, which is Tom Hanks is a sixteen-year-old. I'm not into. No, that's weird. Yeah, that is a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, trying to think. So after that is table tennis. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever. I guess. I mean, the t- it's quite fun to watch the table tennis at least. Yeah, but that's. I think that seems like a bit of a. That's the one, the least fleshed out portion of his life, I would say. Yeah. There's no, no development or art I for anyone in that. Bit. Again, I did, I did, this didn't bother me in completely at the time. Right. But like looking at it as this thing of he is just this person that just does exactly what he's told all of the time and then everything goes right for him all yeah. the time. And it just kind of feels like, oh, that's what Americans are supposed to be. And then that's what makes the nation great. And America's fucking great. And fuck the rest of the world. And everyone loves America. Like, that's kind of how this film feels to me. And anybody who tries to oppose that or the war in Vietnam or whatever it is, like anybody that moves against the political sway of the day is just completely demonized as like, is to the, me. They're anti-war protesters. Do you think they're completely demonized? I, th- I kind of think so. I think oh, really? like, the, well, the only the only view you get of them is people that like Jenny is somebody that goes from maybe sort of drinking a bit too much, smoking a bit of weed or whatever. But then she eventually gets to the point where she's just like a proper drug addict and like she's suicidal. Her boyfriend just beats her. Like Mm -hmm. the, the, all we know about that person is that he is part of the anti-war movement and he hits women. Those are the only two things we have to go on. Like that, that is the character that we're given. Yeah, I don't know if you can judge every. But uh, that's the, the only films, example. True, the you only can't judge every film. Anti-war protesters were given all end up being shitty people. I don't know. There's that whole rally of people. Isn't they're all shitty people. They all seem quite nice. He talks to a couple. Well, I mean, of people. That, yeah, but it's just a, a kind of amorphous crowd of people, though. But he talks to a couple of people behind him. Yeah, seems to be nice. Like, I don't know if you can judge a film's view on a group of people because there's only one character and they're a bad character. I guess, but I think it's I think it's just a case of seeing how the decisions of that character lead to their situation. And I think his decisions are to not question authority and to go yes. ahead with what he's told and everything goes right for him. Yeah, Jenny's I don't, decisions yeah, I don't disagree, are to do the but... opposite of that and everything goes wrong for her and she dies. She does die. Like, when you just look at those, two, even if you just look at those two as the only two characters in the film, and then, um, but... Yeah. Anyway, everything goes well so for then Dan. when it comes to like table tennis, for example, this is, a, I don't really care about this, but I'm just kind of okay. using this as a, as a, an example to kind of illustrate right. my point. He just does what he's told. He like hit the ball back over the net, whatever. Like he just does one thing. He literally he even says at the beginning that and someone, just, someone told me to play ping pong. And so I played ping pong. Yeah. And, and he just does it. And he is becomes world-class at it. And is better than and competes against people who have probably worked their entire yeah. life to get to that point. And he just comes in, goes, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just do that. And then also moves clearly on. hates ping pong. Like it completely, I don't know, it just reduces the achievements of almost anybody who bothers to work hard at things. It's about saying, it's not about necessarily working hard or having talent. It's just about doing what you just do what you're told. That seems to me above all to be the central thesis of this film. It's just like, yeah, just do what you're told and then good things will happen to you and everyone will just leave you alone and people will love you. Okay. I didn't I didn't take away the central thesis of this film, I don't think. <laughs> but I, I can see why that would be what you take away from it. I didn't I honestly just didn't 
that wasn't what I got for this film. I yeah. just got, there's a nice guy and he, he's an idiot, but he, <laughs> there's no other way of putting it. He's just an idiot. Like, he's an idiot. Yeah. yeah. But he turns up to, he's also the most capable person and it's just quite nice and twee and. Yeah. I think maybe it for me, it just, it's, it's just that, but, it's just that thing of then the next thought I have is like, that's what you're supposed to be. That it's almost like it's championing that and saying that's what people want. What, what the American government and what the society needs and wants is someone who is stupid and doesn't want to question anything because questioning things just slows us down and gets in the way. He seems like a really sad, like he's sad. He's a sad character. I mean, I guess. Okay. So the other thing from more from just a narrative perspective, yeah. of this film, when we talked about quiz show a few weeks ago, yes, you said about how you really liked how it was, you really like that kind of drama, which is properly character driven. Yeah. You can see the character, you can understand the decisions that the characters make. Mm-hmm. And then you can see the impact that those characters have on the plot. The plot moves forward as yeah. a result of those, yeah. all of that. None of that in this film. No. None. Like no one makes any decision. Everything just happens. It is literally, it's an and then, and then, and then kind of film. It's not that's... a forest does this because this, and that leads to this. It is this happens forest the, turns up here this happens and then forest goes there and this happens and then forest goes there and this. i happens. think that's if there is a central thesis of the film that's the central thesis they talk about there's the feather and they talk about like there's the destinies in two parts there's the destiny that of just random chance that happens to you which is what lieutenant dan represents mm-hmm. and there's the inevitability the fate that what you're supposed to pay which is what i guess jenny represents and or, or Forrest represents that he's just like pushed along because he's supposed to be this thing. He just does what he's told. But there's also this random chance. And that's what the thesis of the film is, is that he's just like a feather on the wind. Things are just happening to him. He doesn't make the, he just does what he's told. He doesn't make the decisions, but he just, and he just lands at his feet at the end of the film. With the, yeah. Son. And I, exact And I, I think that's a shitty thing to put out because all of the people that try to take their life into their own hands and try to make decisions and be their own person end up being fucking punished for it. Like they either die or they lose their legs or they like have to whore themselves out to get their son into school. Wait, d- Lieutenant Dan loses his legs because he he wants to die. He thinks his destiny is to die in the war. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess. So I think he's sad afterwards because he doesn't fulfill his destiny, but then he's happy again because he takes life into his own hands. I, mean, I might be overreading this. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to fit some things into a formula that I don't think is entirely uh, all encompassing. But that's how I see this film. Is it's just it's, it's supposed to be about destiny. I don't uh, think it when you're actually watching it is about destiny. But that's how the film ends. The film begins and ends with a feather floating on the wind. Yes, I you, do get. Uh, yeah, I get. That, okay, it's bookended by a symbol. Yeah, and that symbol basically being you go where, like the feather is. You know, it goes where yeah. life takes you, kind of thing. But I also think that's just a bit like. Okay. I I kind of agree. I don't know, it feels a bit like a hat on a hat, but. This film is all about hats on hats. This film is like a pile of hats. There's a lot of hats, yeah? Like, is that what you're saying? Yep, it's a pile of hats. Yeah. Put it on the poster. Okay. Because I think you could read that as positive, couldn't you? There's a lot of hats? Yeah. Yeah. Two stars. A lot of hats. Two, two stars? Yeah, I'd say, yeah. Okay. What like, would you put Shawshank as? Four stars. Right. Okay. See, I, I shot on Shawshank. I think Shawshank is four and a half stars. Um, Shawshank is great. Yeah. yeah, this is this is less good than Shawshank. I'm being more positive than a lot more positive than I was on the Shawshank episode. Yeah, but that's because I'm being so much more overwhelmingly yeah. negative. And in the Shawshank episode, I guess we were uh, being devil's advocate against everyone who loves Shawshank. Yeah, I think the thing with Shawshank is that it. I mean, I think this 
I think Shawshank and Forrest Gump both share in being overrated. But I think for uh, Shawshank is a good film, which is overrated because it's talked about like it's the best film. Yeah. Um, and I don't, don't don't think it's that, I, but I do think it's very solid. Yeah. I think this is a pretty bad film that people seem to talk about as though it's a great film. Okay. I don't. I just don't understand at all. Good soundtrack though. Really. I hate the soundtrack. Okay, I like the songs in the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I think that as a score, I think it's terrible. Oh, it's just a jukebox soundtrack where they go, oh, it's 1965, so I'll have this song. I think it's worse now. But it's like... if I was to choose a soundtrack just to put on and know that I was going to, like, on Spotify and listen through all of the songs and know that I was going to enjoy them all. Yeah. But there's things the songs are all good. so on the nose. Like, there's things yes, like, okay, he's going to stop running. We're going to play a, sound, a song, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is called Running. Like, yeah. Or they play a song, like, Lieutenant Dan's just sitting there and people are shouting at him and he's not doing anything the song yeah i guess i should clarify like it's a soundtrack made up of good songs yeah is what i mean yeah i don't think it's a good use of those songs i think it's so i guess it's genuinely terrible i suppose you'd say it's a good collection of songs the soundtrack isn't good because it doesn't work in the film that well say the same thing about suicide squad right the songs they use it yeah suicide squad's the best example of that of a film which is just just all incredibly good songs but they're just used so carelessly and they're just like oh yeah just put a good song over this and then We'll play two minutes of Bohemian Rhapsody by... It's like a cover by... But I would say at the very least with Forrest Gump is all of the songs are period appropriate. Yeah. And it does move through history of music. And they do fit But what I don't like is that it plays like 30, 40 seconds of one song Mm. and then immediately afterwards just plays another 40 seconds of another song. Like if if you're going to do that, at least parse them out a little bit. No, I think the score is one of the worst things about this It's really... But then it's like everything. It's just so arch. It's just so easy and... Just kind of yeah. overbaked. It's, it's so too on the nose as well. It's just everything about this film is too on the nose. Like it doesn't give you a chance to really work out yeah, anything yeah. for yourself. Which isn't that bad. I don't mind that. I don't mind sitting down and having a film delivered to me. Mm. I guess I like that when I enjoy the film more. But like I don't think anything that was supposed to be funny, I don't find funny. I don't know if you, like the whole think, way through I was, I was kind of like wondering whether I'm supposed to be laughing at Forrest Gump or not. And if not, okay. am I supposed to find him really endearing? Because I don't find him that endearing. I just kind of find him like a bit of a just a bit of an idiot who is nice enough. Like, I just don't care. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't see why the, f- I don't see at any point in the film giving me any reason to care about any of his characters. And then none of them do anything to endear them to you because none of them change effectively. Like Lieutenant Dan changes because he loses his legs, but he gets his legs back. But like <laughs> Forrest doesn't change at all. At one point, even Jenny says to him like, oh, what, who do you want to be when you grow up? And he says, well, am I not just going to be me? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you are, because you're just going to carry on through your entire life the same way you always have, not changing, never changing, never even realizing that perhaps as a person that goes through the world, you are supposed to change and you do need to develop and adapt to new situations. Now, you're just going to keep going exactly as you are because you've never come across anything that's given you any reason to change. You've never really come against any proper adversity because everything just falls right for you. What's the point? What's the point in telling a story about something where everybody just goes right for them? It's like it's like anti-conflict, anti-drama, basically. It just feels bad in its inception. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I just like the last 20 minutes enough that I go, yeah, okay. And I like the shrimp stuff enough. It, I, I tell you, I do like, once Robin Wright's dead, and it's just... <laughs> <laughs> she, once she gets what she deserves. No, no, no. That's kind of the problem, though. I think the film is trying to tell us that's what she deserves. I don't think she deserves okay, that. Okay, She's all a, right. Like, she's a tragic character. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Like, she's abused as a child, struggles through her whole life. But it feels a little bit like the film going, yeah, fucking hippies. 
<laughs> I don't think it's doing that. Uh, Fucking long hairs. But then once once she's dead and there's the section when it's like just him and his son, yeah. it is sweet and it is touching to see him just being like, how do I raise this person and reading with him every night and everything because he wants him to be so... Like, that, it is, that is sweet and it's nice. But it's kind of sad because it gets to the point when Hayley Joel Osment is reading Curious George. And, and it's his favourite book. But it's also, then, that's clearly where Forrest Gump stops. Stop. Like... Henry Dawes at that point yeah, onwards is going to surpass says, his like, brother. That's my favourite book. He doesn't say that was my favourite book He has a book he in says, his... That's my favourite book. He has like, a book in his suitcase like... Yeah. Halfway through the film. Yeah. Like, I think that ends on a sad note of like, his son is about to become cleverer than he is. Mm-hmm. You just don't know how that's going to... I agree, I but I do think that... He is that self-aware is... enough that that is genuinely a sad moment. Yeah. And I, th- but I think that's also one of the one of the few times in the film when I really get a real strong characterization mm. f- from Forrest Gump, which is somebody who, despite all that, he knows that, but he's like, but this is my job now. I, yes. I have to raise this person. Yeah. And like, even if he outpaces me and I can't keep up, I'm going to do the very best I can because Jenny's not here to do it for me and mm. he needs a dad. So I do like that. Like you do see at least some values there. Yeah. Um, also what? the whole setup of the film of being him telling people stories on a bench. At a bus stop. I, what is the point of the bus stop? Who the fuck's sitting there for two hours listening to Do you it? think it's two hours? I think the story, I think they're sitting Not for like nine Not to mention hours. the first person he talks to is a black woman, right? Mm. And the first thing he says to her is, oh, so I'm named after the guy that started the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> Do you is... want to listen to my story? <laughs> She'd be like, no. So his mum, the, the thought process of his mum was that she named him after a member of the Ku Klux Klan. The founder. The founder. Yeah. So that he would remember that some people are stupid. Also, he describes the Ku Klux Klan as people that like to dress up like ghosts and spook mm. people or something. Well, you can't say that to a person on a bench. Like, you can't say that to a black person just in, the, in, just in public, completely unprovoked, and expect them to be like, mm, interesting, I want you to tell me yeah, your story. Yeah, yeah, She does fuck off. Like, at the, like she clearly doesn't really She's not bothered, yeah. Other, and, then everyone, and then the other woman's like, mm, carry on. There is, an, there's a guy who just clearly doesn't believe him. And he yeah. says he's uh, the Bubba Gump, Bubba Gump guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it turns out he's just sitting there. Also, and partway through the film, he's like, there's no point you being at bus stop. Just walk that way. Yeah. And then wh- who, okay, I get that he's Forrest Gump, but still, you've got to imagine he could like. Imagine. <laughs> get a general idea of when the bus is going to come. <laughs> he arrives at the bus stop two, over two hours early. Yeah. Why? Just in case the bus gets there early. <laughs> and what, where is he living? Or oh, no, he's not living. Where is, where is he visiting where the buses run few, like, less frequently than once every two hours? Because <laughs> he's clearly... What a terrible he's, public transport He's also system. just clearly checking the number of every bus that goes past. Like, That's the seven. You said you're one of the seven. That's yeah. the 14. You said you're one of the 14. What bus is he there for? Why is he there so early? Why didn't he check the timetable? And... Okay, my assumption... What public transport system is running a bus less frequently over two hours? My that is so is, bad. Who's using that? He's got the wrong bus stop. He can't read a map. Yeah, but there's no, there's nothing in the phone to actually suggest that to you other than the fact that because he's the bus, an idiot. Is he, the bus is going to his right. And he needs to go down the road. He needs to go forward yeah. five blocks. He's, yeah. not, he's not at the right place to get the bus to Jenny's house. No, I mean, I guess not. I think he's just at the wrong bus stop because he can't read a map. Because he's... But he got that far. What do you mean? He got as far as the bus stop, which is very close. So he got like, as far as a bus stop. Well, no, he doesn't he's know he's in a different. He's in the right city and everything. Yeah. So he's just he just doesn't know where he is. He's just he found a bus stop and thought that's his bus stop and 
Yeah, I'm, I suppose. I'm not convinced. I don't think the film gives you any real reason to believe that. No, Beyond the fact that they just go, oh, we need him to go to see Jenny now. Yeah. And I then, don't see the point of the bus, so I don't know what it adds. No. Why? And when you actually start thinking about the fact that the entire voiceover of the film is taking place over, over like in real time to people sitting on a bus stop and they're actually sitting there listening to it, to the point that one person's bus arrives and she says, there'll be another one, but based on the fact that how long they've been sitting there, I wouldn't fucking <laughs> Six hours it. later, yeah. she's there. He's b- there's buses coming along once every couple of hours you want to get on one yeah because also what's she going to do she's not in a rush for a long she? time yeah she was oh i heard this guy talking on a bench he was nearly yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like she's got an appointment somewhere like <laughs> shows up at the hairdresser's like where the fuck were you i was talking to the guy on the bench she it's like it. oh i missed my bus oh mm. of course yeah, there's only one bus a day <laughs> <laughs> you missed the bus <laughs> yeah it's fucking annoying it's stupid yeah. Uh, we can talk Hanks. Let's talk Hanks because that's nice. We okay. Do, we just yeah, agreed. Where where is Hanks at, the, at this point? Because he's quite, just won an Oscar. Yes, yeah, so he won. He's, he won back to back Oscars, right? Yes. He's one of like a few two. I think it's so. one or two people. I think people have won back to back Oscars in different, different categories, categories, but yeah. I think he's one of the only ones to win. It's him and one other guy that have won in the best lead role. Yeah. So what did he win for the year before? Philadelphia, Philadelphia. with um, John Jonathan Demme directed that, didn't he? I've never seen Philadelphia. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of like his other big one, isn't it? Science yeah. of the Lambs. And then... Uh, There's a lot of early... Because Science of the Lambs was, what, 91? And then I think Philadelphia was Jonathan Demme's next film. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. And did Philadelphia... What did, did Philadelphia win anything? Other, know. Obviously, he won Best Actor, but... Let's have a look. Philadelphia. I want to say this is his next film. Um, it won two Oscars. It won Best Actor and then Best Music. Um but it was wasn't even wasn't even nominated for best picture. Okay. So it kind of seems like the sort of film that people, although they do like does now. But yeah, he does. They, the Oscars hate anything by gay people, though, don't they? So they weren't happy to let Crash win above Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how much. That's how much they hate gay people. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's weird that Oscars has like a hierarchy of. Uh, of issues. Yeah. Yeah. Which discrimination like, this is, is worthy. Best, yeah. This is worthy of something. They'll, they do come around on it though, to be fair, because it would have been a long time ago that anything dealing with any kind of race issue probably would have just been ignored. But now actually yeah. it's like a real shoe in. Yes. But it does still help if it's made mostly by white people. Mm, it's quite kind to white people. Like Crash. Yeah. Like Crash. But even the most recent Oscars, you've got what Black Panther and Black Klansman lost to Green Book. I've not seen Green Book, but yeah, it's not very good. Yeah, it's really thinly drawn, but also it's like it's about how you've got films made by black people for mm. black people exploring black issues in a sensitive and interesting way, and then you've got another film which purports to be uh, like exploring yeah. black issues and issues of race and everything, and it does so in such a simplistic way. And if Bill Street could talk wasn't even nominated, I don't think, which, which is, is just, mental. Which is yeah, nuts because that film was really good as well, yeah. but like. That's just so. That's it. Like I can understand if they awarded if the favorite won or something. Yeah. Fine. You're not going to go. Roma, oh, the yeah, favorite yeah. won and Black Klansman didn't. Well, they're clearly trying to achieve different things. Yeah. But Green Book is in that same ballpark where it's dealing with the same kinds of subject matter mm-hmm. and the same themes and implications as something like Black Klansman and even something like Black Panther, which let's be honest, was never going to win. But yes, it it's. It's a real slap in the face. Have you seen the thing of, um, I think it's, might be, I think it's Chadwick Boseman, you know, like it got gift 
of him turning around to someone behind him when Green Book got announced. Oh, really? And just his face is just kind of like a... <sighs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, well, whatever. So he obviously didn't think Black Panther was going to win. No. But it's just a case of like... Who was, nomin- sure. who was nominated for... Because Chadwick Boseman wasn't nominated. Uh, John David Washington, I don't think, was nominated. For Best Actor? Hmm. I honestly didn't follow the Oscars much this year because I didn't. I didn't. I felt like it was a really bad, kind of bad slave. Obviously, Rami Malek won. Yeah, which he's good. He's good in that. He film. does. He does a very good job. He's with... also good in a bad film, which is kind of yeah sometimes difficult. Um, he's also the only good thing about that film, which is. I think Adam Driver ended up getting nominated. Adam Driver was nominated for supporting. for supporting. Yeah, I'll be honest. I can't. I can't, I'm blanking on the. Uh... Uh, Ethan Hawke, I guess. Oh, for. Whatchamacallit, um, Fresh Reformed. Fresh Reformed. Which, which I heard was really good, and I heard he's great in it. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, though. Oh, Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Oh, of course. And he maybe should have won. He's pretty, he's pretty fucking good in Stars Born, to be honest. Yeah, agreed. Um, Christian Bale. It wasn't Ethan Hawke. What was Christian Bale for? Vice. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't see that. Viggo Mortensen. I'm kind of glad Christian Bell didn't win because that seems like such an easy Oscar thing. Like, oh, he put on a bunch he of was really good. Training. Yeah, I'm sure he was. I really, really didn't like that film. You've still not seen it? I've not seen it just because uh, pretty much anybody I know that's seen it. But it's just rough. It's There's just nothing pleasant about that film at all. Yeah. Uh, and Willem Dafoe. For? Ba, ba, ba. From here to, uh, Eternity's Gate? Eternity's Gate, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, he didn't win for the Florida Project. He was so good in the Florida Project. That's bananas. He didn't win. He needs to win at some point, basically. I just think he just gets. Yeah. I think he gets nominated now. Every time he's in a film, he gets nominated until he wins. Yeah. Right? But you have to give him one. So we were going to talk about. We were going to talk Hanks. Hanks. Not I, like obviously I know shit that Hanks is in, but like I can't. I kind of. He's not an actor that I can think about the chronology of his roles very well. Because there was he's like just, he's just in everything. Splash you know? and big. Yeah, they were must have been before that, right? Before Gump. So big is so big is okay. He does TV stuff. Splash is his first Leading real up. big film. Oh, I mean, okay. he's in something called He Knows You're Alone, but like in 1980, he's. I mean, I suppose he was 24 in 1980, right? But I think Splash is like his big kind of leading yeah. thing. Not a film I've seen. No, apparently it's very good. Fucks a mermaid. So he does. Yeah, it's basically Shape of Water backwards. Shape of Water. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I mean, he's kind of in some other things, stuff that I don't know well. Yeah. Bachelor Party Volunteers, Man with Rum Red Shoe, Every Time We Say Goodbye, Nothing in Never Common, heard of these. The Money Pit, Dragnet, Punchline. I mean, these are like, they are all 85 and 86. That You know, like there's a lot. Yeah. And then Big's 88. Big is rough. Have you seen Has Big? sex with a grown woman. <laughs> that's fucking weird. Like, that's so much worse than anything that happens in Forrest Gump. It is, but I mean, it's not a million miles away from Sleeping with Jenny, in my opinion. But uh, he does Big and Turner and Hooch back to back. And like, those both hit yeah. pretty big, right? Apollo, when's Apollo 13? Uh, that is after this, I think. Uh, that is the next year after Gump. Right. Same year as Toy Story. So Toy Story and Apollo 13 are the same year. Yeah. 95. Pretty big year. Uh, he does, obviously, Forrest Gump's 94, but Philadelphia and Sleepless in Seattle is 1993. Um, right. There's some, a few other things in between there, but those, are, you know, you'd probably see Sleepless in Seattle is maybe like really kind of taking to the next level. Like things like Splash and Big are kind of 
they're fun, but they are of a certain kind of class. Yeah. I know, obviously, it, although Sleepless in Seattle is a rom-com, it is definitely a an elevated rom-com. Yeah, have you seen it? I've not seen Sleepless in Seattle, it's but I've heard a lot. It's phenomenal. It's like really? absolutely incredible. It's kind of what all rom-coms should try and be. It's, I mean, Nora Ephron's just great. Yeah. And um, yeah. It's, Was that next one after When Harry Met Sally? Uh, I think when Harry met Sally. Harry met Sally was 89, I think. Yeah. So I think she did. She does a couple of things in between that, actually. She does Mixed Nuts, Michael, You've Got Mail, Lucky. Oh, no, wait, hold on. She's great. She does good rom-coms. And Super Sinset is amazing. And you should definitely watch it. Uh, I think I think this is what takes Hanks to the... You think Forrest Gump is it? I'm not sure. I don't think it's his best performance. I don't think... I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think this is what takes him to be the... Not not a leading man, but the leading man. I think when you look at the run of Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, yeah, Apollo thirteen, yeah, and Toy Story's in there as well. Toy Story's a weird move, but um, I think what you're looking at there is somebody who is proving themselves over the course of two years, effectively, or yeah, you know, to be able to do everything. Yes, he can be the love interest and a good one in a decent rom-com he can helm a big emotional oscar play like forrest gump two in a row he can be in apollo 13 which is yeah and philadelphia is this kind of slightly more you know uh kind of auteur filmmaker making a hard-hitting film on a serious topic like yeah. he is literally in the course of his uh, uh, four films hitting just every kind of part yeah. of and then he's a voice, voice actor in a funny animated film. Yeah, the best animated film, but the first fully animated film. So he's like right there yeah. on the... First fully CGI. Oh, yeah, first fully yeah. CGI. Sorry, first fully CGI, like motion picture, um, like feature length. Anyway, yeah. So he's just right on the precipice of that. He's like showing himself to just be at the forefront of kind of every element yes. of cinema at that point, really. And you wouldn't say anything's change necessarily i mean he does he does bigger stuff now you, you know you probably wouldn't see him in many smaller films just because i imagine he's so expensive but, but he like he is still like the leading man there's a lot of films where you can't imagine anyone except tom hanks yeah being... but he'll also you know he will do a big film like sully but, yeah british and, spies yeah but even then like there's still just these kind of adult focused yeah dramas with good yeah. scripts and good chances for him to act and He's also portrayed, I think, um, every single American in history at this point. Is it all of them now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I think he did he's the last done all one. Of them. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, so Sully, Sully was his, he capped off with Sully, and that was the last American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, it would have been uh, the Post, wouldn't it? Oh, of course, yeah, the Post. <laughs> he recaptured. There was that character has already been played by someone in uh, all the presidents. All the presidents, men. Yeah. yeah. So we just thought, oh, I'll just do that one as well. You know, I I, I tried to say something post. about uh, all the presidents, men in. The quiz show episode. I was so I've been, been editing some of the episodes of the oh, podcast, okay. and I tried to say something about all the presidents' men in one of the episodes, and I said a few good men by accident, and I didn't realize, and I don't think you realized either. And then I was listening back to it, and I now want to kind of kill myself because you could just edit yourself over the top, going all the presidents' men. Well, because the other thing was, I think it was maybe that same episode. I think it was a quiz show episode. I also messed up the opening uh, song lyric that I did. Oh um, really? Yeah, I got like I like I repeated a line, and I got a line wrong, and I. I can't be dealing with it. Should we just cut all your bits out and just have me responding to... Yeah, I think probably you're saying, yeah. yeah. Do you want to just... Do that for do that anyway. Yeah. You record, are you even recording your... No, I've taken uh, my microphone. Yeah, good, yeah. good, good. Sorry, anyway, you were saying all, all the presidents, man. 
No, I've been the, there's a been the post. This is just oh, in the post, yeah, yeah. That I love, which is when Tom Hanks is walking into a room. He wants to buy a gin, but one of the it's a double door. One of the doors is open. <laughs> but he pushes, he just pushes the, the other, other door, door open, which yeah, is it's my amazing. favorite. I guess there's an acting choice. I don't know if it was directed. Who That's knows, yeah, it does seem that was like so it. good. Yeah, but anyway, that was that's just what I want to say about the post. The post is fine. Yeah, like, the post is like a good film. film, but it's just so like just watching Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks act opposite each other. It's just yeah, that's always just going to be a nice time. Meryl Streep. Is the only person at Tom Hanks's level, would you say? Yeah, probably. In terms of like that level of fame yeah. and ability and also the kind of projects they take on where they do just make proper, like just good, they just take a lot of good action roles. They can sink their teeth into yeah. and deliver dramas for adults. Like you've got people that are on that level in terms of fame, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, just but they of, have usually had. To, they, they would usually be action stars or something like there's that. Not, there's not many people who I think can take critics and film goers in the same everyone will think well they're going to be great in this rdj arguably maybe i don't know him in much except for i mean since doing iron like since being iron man he just is iron man but he's good as iron man yes he's very good as iron man he's great in kiss kiss bang bang like his career resurgence after all the nonsense he went through like yeah i I think he's gonna call that nonsense are we yeah i think he's probably one that yeah maybe when have you ever heard anybody go like oh no that robert downey jr guy sucks like and people go and see the films he's in he makes yes. so much money he basically agreed to do civil war um on the thing of like i think he agreed that he'd get like a bonus or something if it made more money than the other captain america films by like a certain amount if it like made a hundred million <laughs> extra compared to the others he's like well this is like in. people will come and see me and then they were like okay you know people talk like i that. think maybe, he did that cringe so much he did that outside of his contract Right, that was like an extra one he agreed to do, but on that stipulation, and they said, "Yeah, fine." Mm. And then it proved to be true because that one just grossed. It. Yeah, you know, Iron Man three is like it grossed over a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah, or it's nuts, isn't it? And like that's also one that people don't even like. No one that likes much, that film except me. Yeah, it's just you and what the two other people who love Iron Man three. I think I feel as though actually that film was received better over here than it was in the states because right. I see quite a lot of people. I remember something coming up on the Twitter quite recently that I saw somebody tweeting about how like people shit on Iron Man 3 or whatever. And then I saw a bunch of like just people from UK media yeah. being like, really? I, I, uh, everyone yeah. I know likes it. And I thought, I always remember watching it and thinking it was fine. It's I great. It was one of them. It's like, you really like it. it's maybe my Shane Black directed that, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't think, I don't know if it's my favorite MCU film. It's maybe my second favorite MCU film. I just told you. Black Panther, probably. So it goes Black Panther. Iron Man 3. I th- Winter Soldier for me. Uh, my my five, I, I, I think my Panther. my five would be like Black Panther, Iron Man, um, three. We've but, just for context, we've just come back from Endgame. Yes, that's true. Probably, yeah. I mean, Endgame's good. I don't know if I'd put it in there. Probably Winter Soldier, the First Guardians, Thor Ragnarok would probably be my five top ones. I think I probably let me have a think. I didn't love Iron Man three, so I'd go Winter Soldier, Black Panther. Uh, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Ed Norton is shining. Yeah, in The Incredible Hulk. Uh, probably Guardians. Yeah, the first one. The first one. Fuck the second one. Yeah, second one's just not great. Just yeah, it's a CGI goop. Uh, I don't know if there's any that I actually really love other than those. Yeah, Endgame is probably next. Yeah, the thing with Endgame, Maybe my thought on it right now is like, I really enjoyed it. 
But I kind of feel as though most of the Marvel films that I really like now, I came out of the cinema being like, that was just, fu- that was awesome. And then yeah. give it a few weeks. I'm like, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Whereas with Endgame, I'm kind of like, yeah, I know I enjoyed that now. So I feel like in a few weeks, I'm going to be like. Endgame was the first one I went in with high expectations in a yeah. long time, I think. Yeah, that is also true for me. I mean, I think this is coming out in like two months or something. So, <laughs> you know, the brand new film. Every, yeah, everyone's had a chance to see it. Uh, I think Endgame. So we're doing spoilers or no spoilers? If you want to do spoilers, you could do spoilers. I know. Do you want to spoil? Are you trying to spoil things? Yeah. What do you want to spoil? Uh, it's good. <laughs> spoiler finish you can you can listen again now spoilers have got to that point haven't they you just can't say but you can't even say if you like because people are like, oh great so now i'm gonna have to go in knowing that you thought it was good yeah. so i'm like what like what no i don't i can understand because if there's people when you like i know what kind of films you like i know what you don't like maybe are, yeah maybe with are, like your not, close mates and maybe for like the opening weekend but beyond that if it gets to monday and yeah, people oh, are still yeah, like, yeah. oh don't even tell me if you you know, watch like, the whole thing. Yeah. Don't even tell me if you went to the toilet. Because if you went to the toilet, I know that that means <laughs> that even if you were desperate, it was at least not so good that you were willing to sit mm-hmm. there and piss yourself because it was so good. Like, no, just... I did piss myself, but that's just because I like pissing myself. <laughs> it's because you're actually bored of the film you want to say. <laughs> I think with Endgame, how much you're going to like it is... I think how much, however much you think you're going to like Endgame, that's how much you're going to like Endgame. That's quite interesting. So if you really think you're going to go in hating it, you probably hate it. Well, I think, well, maybe. I think if you go in thinking you're going to hate it, that probably is likely because you just feel like you've, you've like, fucked the MCU or hate everything about the MCU. And it is still an MCU How many film. films are you going to walk into thinking, I'm going to hate Exactly. This. I'm going to hate so this I don't think and I'm still going to pay £6 and, to watch And it. I don't think anyone's going to go and yeah. think they're going to hate it. But I, I think if I you're somebody... I reckon the last Star Wars films, there's going to be a bunch of people who think they're going to hate yeah, it and go and watch it anyway. But I think if you think that Endgame is going to be just this incredible culmination of everything you've ever wanted to see in cinema and you can't wait and you love the MCU and you want to see it like this great big tent yeah. pole, then you're going to get that because that's what it is. It does service to, other than Bucky, it does service to almost all of it, like all of its characters pretty much quite well. Hulk doesn't get that much going on. Yeah. Bucky is completely ignored as he has been Fuck Bucky, forever. Um, people do. That's the thing people really, because people really care about Cap. And so, because See, I never of, care, I don't care that much about Cap. No, I don't care that much about Cap. But I do like Chris Evans. But I just, but anyway, some people yeah. are so hard on Cap yeah. that then, by extension, they're like, and Bucky is the biggest thing of, in for Cap. I'm line. like, you've got to admit that at this point, that ain't true. Mm. Like in the first Avenger, it was. But even in the course of the first Avenger, he's like, ah, oh, Bucky's dead. But I really love that Peggy Carter though. Yeah, <laughs> and they touch on that, and I think they give that a really decent send off in terms yeah. of his like so. If that is what you want from Endgame, I think they have put together something which is well-crafted and well-delivered and it digs properly into the characters that you love, I actually think that you are going to think is brilliant. Probably is, without like taking people's, like without shattering expectations. Yeah. I think it is as good as it could have been. It's as good as it could have been. Yeah. But if you are somebody that feels like the MCU has kind of lost its luster for me a little bit, yeah. but I enjoy them enough and it's just junk food that I enjoy seeing, then endgame kind of is that as well like it isn't that's why i like black panther the most of all of them because you go to see black panther sort of thinking another mcu feel yeah, a bit yeah. of cool fighting some cool combat characters and what coogler actually did was like sneakily got you to go and see like three different films at once yeah only one of which was an mcu film and the other two were these kind of like passion projects that he wanted to make and these like kind of smart examinations of 
like how ancestral like culture affects us and how people in the world deal with each other and global politics and like he managed to just like pack yeah. all that in there somehow has an entirely sympathetic villain as well exactly and it is a it is a film that is much smarter than it's yeah kind of table setting Until i don't know that i would minutes. say avengers is that uh, endgame is that i do think it's a pretty good examination of grief i would say like every yeah you like grief is maybe the uh i don't know if it examines grief not examines it but it is a good it happens like, on screen and they play it well it's, it's a, a good, good display of, the thing. They've, yeah. what they've done it's is a they've good got display good of grief like it's maybe it's one of its central motifs yes yeah. grief and loss grief. and uh failure i guess yeah i think it i guess I think it examines grief in so much as it looks at how the kind of shadow of those you've lost plays over you and it impacts the decisions you make and changes you. So I think it it kind of looks at the transformative power of grief to some extent. Okay, Um, yeah. And I think the what it does well is obviously there's a lot of characters that aren't in it because they're gone. But their fingerprints are all over it. Yeah. You can feel their presence on the characters that are left. And Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you go in and literally from frame one, well, you can Michelle Pfeiffer's characters is all over it. Did not know she was in the MCU. She's uh, I, she just turns up. She's she's at, she's in a she's scene. Credited. Just pans to Michelle Pfeiffer. She's what got her fuck? own title card in yeah. the credits, and she doesn't have a single line. She doesn't do it. She's in what three Sam, seconds Sam of the Jackson film. Jackson gets an an and and that like yeah, it's an and, and as that. with zero lines yeah. of dialogue the billing for endgame if you're someone that's into billing, it's not a billing for endgame though is it? it's a billing for the mcu the MCU. but if you're someone that's into billing it's nuts mm. like yeah, you'll have a whale of a time a, it's that's the way i put it it's a billing for yeah the cinematic universe as a whole yeah i mean it ends on rdj and it like it's doing the thing with the signatures yeah and it hangs on RDJ for longer than anybody else. Like it literally. And it comes it, up with a big fanfare and like. Yeah. Yeah. And he was there as well when he comes out the screen. He literally just bursts out. Yeah. And just rips the screen apart. Which must be a nightmare for him to do at every screening. Hmm? Don't even know how they do it. Uh, I think it was just our screening. Oh. Maybe they've actually mastered time travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to go down don't that. You didn't, well, you didn't like that joke. You were just, just like. Stop yep. that one there. <laughs> Sure. You can carry on if you like. No, no, I've got nothing else. Okay. No. So do you know other people who were to turn down the role of Forrest Gump? Hit me. Bill Murray. Okay. I th- think it's bad. I think he treats the character. I don't think he I think he is too much of a comedy guy. I think but he's too I, smart but looking well. at how the film works and who Bill Murray is, I can see why that he's yes. in that conversation. I can always kind of put Tom Hanks and Bill Murray in my head, I can always flip them around. Yeah, they, I mean, they they just physically, similar. they've got yeah. such a similar kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. John Travolta. Wait, really? John Travolta is uh, one of the biggest mistakes of his career, apparently. He's turning down the role of Forrest Gump. But surely he wouldn't be able to do Pulp Fiction without it. No, he did it, but right? I, I imagine... And he, also set, and he also credits Pulp Fiction with being the turning point and like one of the best things to happen to his career. So to be yes. honest, John, you're being inconsistent. To be fair, he, he literally turned down this... He was offered two of the biggest films of the year in a run of like he's not done anything yeah no one really cares about him at that point. that's so odd but i think he does well in this i think this is a maybe but different... i think he's better i think Pop yes is a better I think choice this, and yeah can you imagine swipping their own tom hanks being in pop fiction would be terrible yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i don't think tom hanks works as vincent vega someone else who turns down this role chevy chase <laughs> that film is garbage Jesus. Um, 
I actually don't have I don't have much of a connection with Chevy Chase. Like no, same. beyond like community is probably the thing I know him from best. And that maybe is exposing myself with somebody who just like that's an entire category and era of American cinema that I'm not he seems like he he probably was massive at a point. I don't know much about him. Yeah. I've got some other roles that Chevy Chase has turned down. Okay. It's one of them Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> that works. I like that. Uh, so Animal House. American pre- President of the United States of America. <laughs> yes. Uh, Indiana Jones, he was considered <laughs> for. You can't make Indiana Jones. But they, Tom Selleck was the big one. They got really close yeah, to Tom Selleck yeah. on the Indiana Jones. And I still actually think Tom Selleck is a good Indiana Jones. I think that would work. Yeah, true. Like, Indiana Jones is one of those characters where you're like, you say anyone and you're like, well, no. Yeah. Of course not. Just, for me, I don't have forward. much of a connection. I saw Indiana Jones when I was love Indiana Jones. quite old. but Fucking love it. Uh, but Tom Selleck got really close. And it got to the point when, as far as I'm aware... It was that thing of like, um, because Lucas was working on on it with Spielberg. Yeah. I think he was helping produce it. Um, he didn't want to go with uh, Harrison Ford because he was also Han Solo. And he was like, I don't want to just use Harrison. But then they yeah. were like, okay, you can come in. And then he just, they were like, it's fucking Indiana Jones yeah. in it. Yeah, like he clearly is. Uh, Splash. Okay. I th- yeah that feels more chevy chase to me than yeah any of the, the, yeah. than this or santa claus that tim allen starred in i mean is tim allen any like tim allen didn't like literally didn't he serve time for some <laughs> for some crazy co-operation or something like and then he's fucking buzz lightyear like voice of a generation for buzz a lightyear is another film that chevy chase was considering for and turned out <laughs> Really? Yeah. He was going to be Buzz. He was considered for Buzz Lightyear. Well, so both Forrest Gumps, Woody and Buzz, the two Gumps. Yeah. 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 Uh, so he's turned down roles from Tim Allen and the Tim Allen and Tom Hanks were had. Yeah. Uh, the next film, which is the best of this lot, that he literally turned down, American Beauty as oh. the Kevin Spacey character. Jesus. You mentioned Chevy Chase. Yeah. I mean, I character. guess maybe it actually somehow holds up better. Oh, it holds up, yeah, absolutely. Now, looking back, that's a horrible Arguably the, the performance that has aged the worst of all, the yes. t- of all time yeah. in cinema. Uh, yeah, I don't think Chevy Chase... I don't think he nails it. No. As Gump. <laughs> or as American Beauty. <laughs> no. Like, how... I, I, Chevy Chase is someone that I just think you bring in to be Chevy Chase, don't you? Yeah. Chevy Chase would hate Forrest Gump as a character Chevy Chase would hate him yes and would just would he'd want to beat him up the whole time yeah he'd yeah. be like I want to wedgie this guy he'd yeah. like be wedging himself because he's like why is no one making fun of this fucking I'm character? such a dork no one yeah. knows I'm such an idiot, idiotic dork yeah. yeah people who were going to be Jenny Demi Moore okay and Nicole Kidman I think both could probably yeah. do it but I Jenny she's such a I don't think she's such a I think Robin Wright's a really good actress I just don't I don't even think I I guess her performance is okay. I think my problems with Jenny is is in the writing, writing of the character. Yeah. Uh, I think she's perfectly good. And I suppose I'd say the same thing about Forrest Gump. And I don't have too many problems with his character in the same way I do with Jenny's. Although yeah. I do still think that if you do this performance now, you catch some flack for it. Yes. Yeah, very true. And I don't think you get an Oscar. I don't think this, this film could just couldn't come out now. No. Um, but yeah, like I said, in terms of its, like, its consistency... Tom Hanks is Forrest Gump. Yeah. He like really lives in that role. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in a pretty good way. Uh, Bubba Gump. Sean. Ice Cube. Was <laughs> right. turned down because he looks too smart for the role. Okay. Too clever. But they actually... The, the, the lips are prosthetics. I assume so. But I think Ice Cube is just... Yeah. 
but that is the doesn't um i'm blanking on the the, the actor's name that actually did, does play yeah. Bubba. but um uh, michael t williams the michael t williams um the lips are prosthetics yeah but he struggled to get work afterwards because everybody just assumed that Semeckis had found some uh, guy really? with like funny looking guy to fill okay. the role and then didn't want to hire him and like he couldn't he really struck his agent really struggled to convince people that like no he doesn't look like that like, he, yeah he had a thing on his face yeah uh dave Chappelle. yeah i think i heard that one actually hmm. that one but i've heard somewhere uh yeah i i think i've heard at some point that he like has kind of like famously talked shit about this film and i think uh, oh, people really? sort of think it's like almost like a joke because he didn't get the role didn't get the role but uh, gubba bubba uh someone who read for the role was tupac shakur really yeah that seems a bit he didn't get it weird i yeah i mean he was in films do you know hanks didn't take a salary for this no didn't he get a he got cut? points yeah uh 40 million dollars he made that's quite a bit mm. so i think is this the film that the writer of the book didn't get anything is that right i don't know much about the book i so i think the way it worked out was that hanks and zemeckis both for went a salary for a cut Hmm. and they made a lot of money but they they uh it's like something to do with the wording of it was like they took a cut of the gross profits or something whereas they offered a contract to the um the guy that wrote the book to buy the screenplay which was net and then after they did the production and the marketing and all of that and then paid hanks and zemeckis their cuts it technically meant that there was some sort of accounting that went on that meant that the film made a loss and so he didn't get paid anything oh, shit. and then um That's horrible. yeah i read about this i think he is Maybe not that happy um, because then when it won, it won six Oscars on the night and no one at any point mentioned the author of the book. Right. Did it win screenplay? Yeah. Was it adapted? One yeah. best adapted screenplay. And, uh, but in the end, they actually, they bought his sequel book. They optioned that for a film which never got made. So, Yeah, I don't know. They were going to make a sequel. sequel. Yeah, I, that's, that would suck. What, There's a book. The, the book's written, there is actually a sequel book. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, I think it's bad. What happens after this then? um just him bringing up he i think he like meets tom hanks oh god so it like is kind of got that meta thing like he ends up going on like the letterman show or something that's with tom terrible. hanks and stuff like that so it goes right into the 90s then yeah yeah and they bought it they bought the rights and then um i think it was something to do with like once 9-11 happened they felt as though i don't know if it was part of what happened in the film where they just felt like the culture was just wrong and they just they just kind of scrapped it entirely 9-11 yeah changed the culture for Forrest Gump that seems like a strange well it just changed film culture in general doesn't it the films that come out post 9-11 are just different all I know is that I've to scrap a film because you think the culture isn't yeah. no longer I think probably there was, I think it was also just sort of stuck in development hell for a long time uh, okay there's like sort of pieces you could read online about like hey here's the details of the forest gump sequel we never got and stuff yeah. like that but i'm so like i'm only picking up bits and pieces because I've, I've seen headlines on like the link from right. google but didn't bother reading them because i realized i didn't care yeah. <laughs> the impact of 9-11 on american cinema is something that i just never really understood or appreciated it's unbelievable it's crazy yeah. like it's completely different yeah you know that <laughs> there was also controversy when the second lord of the rings film came out because it's two towers. Because it's called the two towers. 
the books as if it's not based on a book that was written in what like 1945 yeah. or something insane so that was a thing that people actually got upset about this yeah i could just watch because they were stupid sad. it's fucking yeah. stupid like i think it's far enough removed now that we can say that that's stupid if you get upset about the film being called the two towers that's stupid but if you're still upset <laughs> you're still <laughs> yeah. raging like 15 years after and, like they the took the two towers out of spider-man 2 the twin towers yeah they cgi'd them out because they felt as though they couldn't show it in the skyline because it was like too, you know? Because obviously it was shot before. That. Yeah. And then... I can see it because I watch, watching, rewatching Friends now. It's weird when you see They them. just show the uh, Manhattan skyline and you see the there is a, There is a break though, isn't there? In the later seasons of Friends where they're, they're, the yeah, they cutaway stop. shots yeah, yeah. just stop showing the uh, Twin Towers. Yeah. Which is, um, yeah, but it's just something I never considered really the impact of. No, I mean, you can literally pretty much draw a line in the sand and be like, this is pre-9-11 and post-9-11. It's War of the Worlds and then... Yeah, have you seen? Um, do you know a YouTuber called Lindsay Ellis? No, she makes she's a, a video essayist, but mostly with a focus on film. And uh, one of her recent videos from a couple of months ago was uh, comparing Independence Day and War of the Worlds. And okay, like because when you think they're two alien invasion movies, yeah, both did uh, well at the box office and everything. Basically, one came out pre nine eleven and one came out post nine eleven, and like she makes quite a good argument for okay. putting forward like this is literally just that is almost the same if you film. want if yeah. you want to show somebody if you want to explain to somebody the difference between pre-9-11 hollywood and post-9-11 hollywood show them independence day yeah and war of the worlds and there's just a world of difference yeah. for what is essentially the same story it's a good video just check it out yeah, she's um she's smart i don't think i have much else to say about forrest gump no i have been uh lazy in my research if i'm honest i'm usually i usually like to dig of... i usually like to dig into the uh the production and stuff i did try a little bit but i couldn't find much beyond like Maybe obviously you find some casting stuff but like a shitload of money yeah as far as i could tell the production was like someone wrote a book they made a film it was directed by this person and it made this much money there's what there's so tom hanks is in every scene in this bar a couple of flashbacks to jenny he's in every single scene in this film yeah there must have been a horrible film in this I think it was a few months of shooting. Hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So if you go online, you can find out a lot about filming locations. Don't care. Which like yeah, can personally. be interesting when they fold into the story of the, you know, like I like a good film production story. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it, if the location's relevant, then fine. But that was all I could really find. And then I also wasn't really prepared to do much more research than that because I didn't, know didn't like a film, wasn't interested. Didn't cool. really care. So what do we do next week then? What's our plan for next week? So next week, I think we just sort of get together, chat about. We can sort of like go back over all five films. Maybe do, we'll, we'll save our ranking. We'll do that next yeah, week. Yeah, see if there's maybe some other films we would have put in that ranking instead. Yeah, sort of think about 94. Um, I might maybe try and fill a couple of my 94 gaps over the... Yeah. Before we um, before we record, maybe watch a few things. But 94 was a good year and there's definitely some things. We can also talk about some of the other awards directors and acting awards and stuff like that maybe yeah, yeah um i think it'll probably be a bit of a truncated episode next week or two weeks from now the next episode will probably yeah. be a truncated one um and then we'll discuss what we're going to do by next, next season, season and yeah. all that sort of stuff uh awesome. but before that we've got do we've got to do our game we'll and then we games. can then we can go why well, you, you're probably gonna stay here now it's my house yeah 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 do you, am i going first or are you going first uh, i'm going first i think okay if my memory serves which it almost invariably doesn't. <clears throat> Famous Last Words is a game we play at the end of every episode of the podcast where uh, we take we each take two films and quiz the other by giving them the last lines of the film. If you can get the film based on the quote 
you get five points. If you cannot get the film based on the quote, there are four additional clues uh, each time you need a clue. You knock a point off. The current standings, Joel, are that I'm on 30 points and you are on 50 points. points. So here we go. I will admit I've not prepared my clues in advance. So if you don't get it right, I'm going to be consulting IMDb. (laughs) I can cut the silence for the listeners. Okay. Have you got your notepad out to write the silence? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm using the same notepad. It's going to be a nightmare. I'm going to have to do a lot of work. Do you want me to beep? Yeah, make a load of noise. I get a big spike in the waveform. Yeah. That'd be good. Okay. So here are the last lines of the film. There's a two... I'm sorry, I just hit my microphone. There's a two-character exchange. Like a dialogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't they call it... No, never mind. Um, <laughs> what are you going to say? A, <laughs> a dialogue? A dialogue. Okay. Because <laughs> then if you had three characters, <laughs> it could be a trialogue. No, you were right not to say that, actually. Quadrilogue? Yeah. You're going to keep... Pentalogue. Pe- no, I was going to requintalogue. Yeah. Interesting. Because then you'd get the happy co- happy thing about being a sexologue. <laughs> For sex. Yeah. And then obviously septologue, octologue, nonagogue. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. Aragog. Aragog. <laughs> 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 all right last lines of the film i'm gonna bleep the character name as a character name okay it's also both names it's like the full character <laughs> name hello bleep i heard the best of the best were going to be back here so uh this could be complicated you know on the first one i crashed and burned and the second i don't know but uh it's looking good so far so hello bleep Hello, character name. I heard the best of the best were going to be back here. So, uh, and then the other character cuts them off and says, this could be complicated. You know, on the first one, I crashed and burned. And the second, I don't know, but uh, it's looking good so far. On the first one, I crashed and burned. Yeah, you just, you expound your thoughts. (laughs) You verbalize the inner machinations of that big old brain of yours. Well, I listen. The best of the best are going to be here. And just... I've only got 5% battery remaining, so we're really oh, operating on a... Uh, is it a sequel? You do not get questions. <laughs> do I get one guess? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can guess as many times. Well, All right. Ocean, it's not Ocean's 12. It's not Ocean's 12. Okay. The best of the best are going to be here. The film was released in 1986. 1986. Is that my first clue? Mm-hmm. I've got no, honestly no idea on this one. I haven't got anything to latch on to. Is it? A, okay. It's something in a sequel then. Um, I don't know. Your next clue. The soundtrack features the song Danger Zone. Isn't that every film in the 80s? <laughs> Danger Zone. This is a pretty big clue. This is the the Danger Zone film. Uh, I don't know. I'm not that big on 80s films. Um, or 90s or noughties or 10s. No. I've not seen many. Is it like a Burt Reynolds film? I don't know any Burt Reynolds films. So it's a Burt Reynolds help, film. Is it? No. Okay. Only because I know Burt Reynolds and Danger Zone feature heavily. Well, yeah, this is for three points, right? Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, the film features the quote, I feel the need, the need for speed. Oh, shit. 
Shit. I guess you haven't seen this film. It's kind of one of these, these, these clues, if you'd have seen it, you'd have got it immediately. Right. So I'm going to guess you haven't seen it. And it's not speed. No. Is that your guess? No. I mean, yeah, I mean, speed's not even, I've forgiven you the year. and Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, okay, okay. I feel like I'm going to catch a lot of flack from my yeah, fans. Almost certainly. Uh, it's Tom Cruise. Rescue Business? No, that's what he did after that. Tom Cruise's character Top is Gun? Maverick. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be one point. Excellent. As if Top Gun was. I've not seen Top Gun. Fair enough. It's not. I think it's fair enough to assume that I would have seen Top Gun. It's not great. It's all right. I was going to give you a clue which would have been just not. I just don't think helpful at all. Um, like it, it might have been helpful if you'd given it to me, but I don't think it's going to help you. This uh, this film features this film stars the voice actor for Sam Fisher of the <laughs> the Splinter Cell series. Okay, does it? Mm-hmm. You would have got that from that clue. No, I wouldn't have got that. But right. it might, like, I at least know who that is. Michael Ironside, good guy. All right, the first last line. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was cured all right. I'll give you that again. I was cured all right. I was cured. I was cured all right. Is it like, I'm trying to think how the reading is going to be. I was cured all right. Yeah, it's like, I was cured all right. Yeah. Or is it like, I was cured all right. <laughs> I was cured all right. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was yeah, cured yeah. all right. Yeah, I see. I see. I see. Okay. Nah. <laughs> okay. Um, Miseducation of Cameron Post. No. The lead actor's eyes were repeatedly scratched during the filming. That's a clue. That's a genuine clue. They were repeatedly scratched during filming. Yeah. I'm hoping you've seen this. Oh, the lead actor had their eyes scratched. Repeatedly scratched. Repeatedly scratched. Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Nice poll. Yeah. I haven't seen that in ages. Um, I watched it, I think, just after I first read the book, which would have been like uh, year nine at school. Yeah, I think probably probably about the same time for me. 13, 13, 14. Yeah, yeah, 13, 14. So I probably, I think I read the book. I really enjoyed the book. Watched the film straight after and I didn't feel like I liked the film very much. No. I I know it's well received though. I'd maybe try watching it again. But I, I, I think... I don't know if it was a case of me being like, oh, I just read the book and it's not like the book and I'm being one of those people. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it's weird. I know people talk so much about Malcolm McDowell's performance being so fantastic. But for me, I think I just, it just didn't, just didn't really work for me. I think it's like a, just a proper culty film. Same with the book is. I like the book though. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, fucking crazy. I had no idea about the book going in and then it turns out there's like just a whole language. Oh, well, the Nadsat and stuff. That yeah. You, yeah. There's another word for milk that they use, but. Yeah, there. I think some of them, like some of them, come with a glossary. They come with a glossary, but I don't think it was published with a glossary. No. So I tried to read it without a glossary. Mine didn't have a glossary, and I think it works better because you pick up on it pretty quick. To be fair, like from context. Yeah, yeah, and I think you just figure it. There, there was, sorry, it was written for you to figure it out. Yeah, and way. if someone just says like, "Oh, I'm with my droogs, Alex." Charlie and Bill, or whatever yeah. the hell they're called. You're like, okay, so that's mate. Like, yeah, I'm going to do some ultraviolence. I, I know, still to this day, I don't know what ultraviolence means. Is it not just violence? 
Yeah. It was just like bad violence. That was a joke. I'm oh, sorry. Didn't go down well. <laughs> I don't know the context it was used. I don't know if it's like a specific act. Like if no, ultraviolence is what they they're going to go out and do some ultraviolence. Oh, okay. They literally yeah. Um, and they call it like pretty penny is money and mm. stuff like that. Oh, I did, you pocket. didn't give me a bonus question by the way, but I'll give you your bonus question now. Uh, okay. I'll give. Okay, no, I'll give you a bonus question now. Okay. Knowing that you haven't seen the film, I guess is maybe isn't as easy as it would be for other people. What is Maverick's wingman called? Goose. Yes. yes. There you go. You can have a bonus point. Thank you. So you get two points. Uh, top gun. What song does Alex sing while he beats up the old couple? Uh, the old couple. <sighs> it's going to be Beethoven or Mozart, I think, isn't it? Probably. Is it the fifth? It is. Singing in the rain. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's not a classical one. So he, he Sandy Kubrick, just, it was like, oh, yeah, she sings Because I know, obviously, because uh, the, I guess the, the classical music is used in when, yeah, the soundtrack, when isn't uh, it? Tortured and stuff. Well, it's because he, yeah, he loves it, doesn't he? Like, he yeah. listens to it all the time. And a lot of the vo- a lot of the violence is shot to classical music. Yeah. But yeah, he literally sings, but singing in the rain while he oh, beats okay. up those two uh, people. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's quite a shocking film, I suppose. But that was one of those films, I think, that came out and it was like, some people. I think if you do that now, people are like, oh, you're such an edgelord. Yeah. Oh, it's shocking and violent. But we've seen shocking and violence and no one cares. But then it was like, oh, Jesus, this is actually shocking and violent. And that is the point of the film. In a way that is... Act, it achieves its effect because they people hadn't actually seen that. Yeah. It kind of pushes the form forward a little bit. No, Tarantino's just made us all yeah, oblivious. Like that, I think that needs to happen. But, you know, like, I think we do need things to go, why Why do we have rules? Yeah. We can't do this. But then kind of doesn't necessarily, now that doesn't feel as interesting. It's also because it's innovative. CGI now. It's, oh, well, that stuff just looks a bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Unreal. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So your next one is, I was literally about to do, this is my problem. What I, what I usually do is I write the lines and then I write the film at the bottom. Yeah. Because otherwise I just read, the, I just almost sit there and just read the film out. Because I, like I put it at the top of Ron the Ron Burgundy and Anchorman. <laughs> you just read whatever is in front of you. Yeah. Cost three minutes to Wapner. You'll make it. Yeah. Three minutes to Wapner. Mm-hmm. Wapner. W-O-P-N-E-R. W-A-P-N-E-R. Three minutes to what? No idea. Absolutely no idea. There is a repeated line in the film. I'm an excellent driver. Oh, shit. That's really ringing a bell. I'm an excellent driver. I'm an excellent driver. Give me that long silence, baby. Uh, I don't know. I'm... You've got a little bit more time to think about it because I've got to find another clue. (laughs) Give you another line. Okay. 246 total. How many? 250. Pretty close. There's four left in the box. So it's like a heist film. I'll give you, okay, I'll give you the, I'll give you the full quote because I did cut that off. Okay. 82, 82, 82. 82 what? Toothpicks. That's a lot more than 82 toothpicks. 246 total. How many? And then another character says 250. Pretty close. There's four left in the box. Is, Is that an Ocean's film then? Uh, so it's Ocean's Eleven. No, is it Ocean's Twelve? <laughs> no, Ocean's it's not Ocean's Twelve. Who has toothpicks then? Two hundred forty-six toothpicks. Oh, I know this. Okay. The next clue. This film won Dustin Hoffman and uh, an Oscar. Rain Man. Yeah. Kinds of toothpicks, aren't they? Yeah. That one you have seen. I haven't. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, Kinds of toothpicks. Talking me eighties films, dude. That was I love a cruise. Couple of cruises. 
Oh, Tom. Tom. Oh, what's I've, the link? I've been on the cruise. It's Tom Cruise is the link. I've been on the cruise. Too. Oh, I need to find a bonus question for you. See what was the what was the deal there? I gave you the the line, which so you didn't get fives, and then two you didn't points, get that excellent driver. Toothpicks. Two yeah, two points. So we'll see if you can get three. I'm actually I'm going to open this on my phone because you've got no battery. Now. I've got no battery on here. Okay, so your bonus question mm-hmm. for the film Rain Man. Throughout the film, when Raymond, the Rain Man, gets flustered, he recites to himself a famous comedy routine. What comedy routine does he do? When was this film released? 1988, I think. Uh, don't know. Something by Andy Kaufman. No. It's who, he does Who's On First. Who's On First? Yeah. The Abbott and Costello bit. Right. Have you heard that? Maybe. It's really funny. It's like a, two baseball commentaries, com- two baseball commentators, and it's the, the names of the players. Oh, it's called Who's. Is Who, Who's On First Base, and then What Is On Second. And oh, okay. So it's like... It's like a Four Candles type sketch. It's a very runny... Yeah. Runny, it's a very too, too runny kind of sketch, but it's very long, and it goes back and forth, but they... Yeah, it's very, very well delivered. Okay. You ready? Oh, I've got another one. I'm always beneath you, but nothing is beneath me. I hereby declare war on peace and happiness. Soon all will tremble before me. <laughs> Sounds like an evil person. I'm always beneath you, but nothing is beneath me. I hereby declare war on peace and happiness. Soon all will tremble before me. Um, I don't know, Passion of the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, especially the Christ. It's I was like, actually Jesus has said this. <laughs> I thought it was about, mostly about Satan. Uh, this is the first line said by a brand new character. Comes in in the last part, uh, last bit of the film. The very last uh, shot of the film. Oh, for fuck's sake. That feels like that should be... Oh, okay, so is it a fucking... Is it an end credits? Is it something Thanos says? No, because I don't feel like he declares a war on peace and happiness. Like he no, wants he wants to, everyone to be happy. He wants, he wants everything to be balanced. But if it's a new character, that does kind of seem like maybe an end credits thing. But that doesn't strike me as anything from the MCU. This hasn't helped me to the point that we have to say another joke answer. <laughs> the Passion of the Christ wasn't a real answer. No, I didn't think it was a Passion of the Christ. <laughs> I just thought it might be something biblical, Jason. Yeah, it's like yeah, Christ to Jason. <laughs> a new character. When does it... Uh, I'm going to use another clue. Okay. This is the, the clue, I don't know if these clues are getting easier or not, but uh, a game was released based on this character. A game was released based on the character, this not character. on the film. So there's a game released on the film, and there was a game released about this character introduced in the final uh, scene of the film. Two games. Two games, yeah. Two games. Who makes a fucking game about one character and like... A minor character in a film. Interesting. I'm not just, I can't even fucking think about. Interesting um, turn of phrase you just used. What? Nothing. I might just giving it away. How? I just said who makes a game about a character in a film, didn't I? Uh, Somebody along those lines. Oh, did I say spin off? I said spin off? No. Um, I, I wasn't paying enough attention to what I was saying, so that should have <laughs> helped me now. Um, I'm just trying to think of like licensed games. What fucking games come from films? You're stumping me on this one. I've definitely seen this, you think? Yeah. 100%. This feels like a really like revealing clue. The game thing. Oh, well, you might never have heard of the game, to be fair. Oh, so okay. So it's not like it didn't it's not like a huge game that everyone was playing and like sell gangbusters or anything. 
gangbusters. Lots, like when something sells a lot. Didn't, never heard of that phrase. Oh, okay. I actually don't know where it comes from. Okay. You can uh, look it up if you want. Well, I think I'll be doing that while you think about this. Yeah. I bet this is one that if anyone's listening, they're just going to be going, it's really fucking obvious. I don't know. Okay. The sequel to this film came out 14 years after the first film. Oh, um, 14 years. That's quite a while. Don't like it when I can't get it's them. It's a famously long gap. You don't like it when you can't get it? No, I feel really powerless. <laughs> powerless. It's a good use, good use of words there. That is a famously long gap, isn't it? That's a really long time. Mm-hmm. 14 years. Memes were made about the gap. I'm sure they were. What, how many am I on? You've got I, one clue I've left. I've got one clue left. Yeah. All right. One last clue? Yeah. It's directed by Brad Bird. Oh, fucking. Yeah. It's the bloody Underminer. The Underminer. Yeah. That's well, a re- that's really good. That's really good. Well done. You, at one point you said it's just a minor character. And I was like, yeah, it is uh, a minor character. Minor character. Okay, I see. It's The Incredibles. It is The Incredibles. One they made there. an Underminer game. They made a game called uh, The Incredibles Rise of the Underminer. <laughs> is that not a good clue? Uh, it is kind of a good clue. No, it's a good set of clues. I just, that's just one of those really annoying. I like something. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. I think it's one of those things because it's just so. I honestly was just trying to think to of film. like any. Uh, it, now, it, even now, I can think of Rhino from Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah, as being like one of the. I think even he is. Ten, he's in it earlier in the film. So I've not seen Amazing Spider-Man Two. Um, but obviously, the best thing about The Incredibles is Bon Voyage. <laughs> Stand <laughs> a <it>. legend. <laughs> bon Voyage. It's a great film. He's but French I'll... and he likes bombs. Yeah, Bon Voyage. <laughs> Okay, bonus, bonus point me up. I got one. I think that's the first time I've got one, isn't it? I think you might have got one in Beauty and the Beast. No, I got more than that. Okay. I think, uh, maybe I only got one. How many Pixar motion length uh, feature films are there? Okay. This might take a while. There might be some cutting needed here. Okay. Toy Story. Okay, we've got Toy Story 1, 2, and 3. That's definitely 3. Cars 1, Cars 2, Cars 3. Um, the Incredibles 1, The Incredibles 2. Monsters Inc., Monsters University. I'm gonna to have to write these down so I don't go over them again. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get this. What was the other one I said a minute ago? Monster. Uni. Uh, up. Inside Out, Bugs Life. Wally. Fucking brave. Ugh, the fucking good dinosaur. That sucks. <laughs> I don't see good dinosaur. Uh, okay, so I've done. Nineteen. You're one off. There's twenty. There's twenty. What did I forget? It's come out in the last. Uh, came out in 2017. Dios de la muerta. Oh fucking Coco! Okay. 
Sorry, no bonus point there. That was a hard I, one, though. I you forget, got a lot of the ones I forget, that I definitely like, would have forgotten about. Brave, good dinosaur, and Coco, because I just don't think they're that great. Like, Coco is quite nice, obviously. but like, a good dinosaur is quite bad. Brave and Coco are like, they're, they're, they're fine, but they're not yeah. what Pixar are capable of. Like, Cars 2 obviously isn't either, but you could, you remember Cars, don't you? And as soon as you remember one of the Cars, you know that there's yeah, yeah. three. Oh, it's, that's. Uh, planes not count. No, planes is Disney. Not, I think. Not. But it's the same IP. Yeah, I think right. they were allowed to use it or whatever. I think it is technically like still kind of canon, but it's not a Pixar film. Right. Well. You got five points today. That's quite bad, isn't it? How, How many, many points, points did today? you get in the end? Probably not many. What did you get on uh, Rayman? You got two, didn't you? You got three points today. Three? No, no, four. Okay. Because you got the bonus point on Ray- on uh, Top Gun. Yes. All right. There's, so there's no film for uh, the next episode. Yeah. So you've got no homework. So just watch all of the films from 1994. Watch all the films from 1994, but uh, there's no actual homework other than watching all the films. All of, from yeah. 1994, which we will also do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I've seen them all. I think probably, I've seen all yeah. the films of the next year, apart from Top Gun. You've seen a lot of films and you've seen loads. Uh, Top Gun and Rain Man are the only two I haven't seen. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And the other ones that we mentioned today that you also haven't seen. Uh, Philadelphia Sleepers in Seattle. Yeah. Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just researched other people's opinions and have tried them out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks very much for listening. Um, this was And the Oscar Goes 2. We'll be back in two weeks for a wrap-up season ender for yeah. the 67th Academy Awards. Uh, thank you to Black and White for our theme tune. And remember to give us a rating right. on iTunes and, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. We'll come back at you in two weeks' time. Bye-bye. Bye. The nominees for Best Picture of the Year are... My mom always said, life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers and you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon see I don't think an adult of your intelligence ought to be commended for simply at long last telling the truth send you here for life that's exactly what they take And the Oscar goes to...